I've been thinking quite a lot recently about my audience and who I'm writing for, because at the moment I have a very definite audience of one, um, which is my mum. And this book I'm writing at the moment is very much with her in mind um, because she has read so many crime books. She has watched so much murder on TV. She knows the genre inside out. She loves it. She knows what works. She knows what to expect. She knows uh, how to be surprised as well. And my thinking is, if she likes what I'm writing, because I've never written anything like this before, I'm just giving it a go. But I'm thinking if she likes it, I'm doing it right. This is really where I'm coming from. Now, I don't know whether it's foolish or naive to write for a single person but there must be other people like her in the country I'm figuring that love a bit of love a bit of crime love a bit of uh, dastardly deeds and deception there definitely, definitely is yeah so she's the crime queen she's the crime queen I am the crime queen's daughter so uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a t-shirt it really is isn't it so you've got a sample size of one, but this one is particularly passionate and yeah. knowledgeable about the knowledgeable about it as a fan. Yes, which is quite an interesting perspective as opposed to knowledgeable about it as a writer. Um, I guess that's the there's sort of interesting overlap of if you're a fan of the work versus if you're writing work, if you know the craft of putting together a mm -hmm. crime story versus those who just purely treat it as something to indulge in and a fan of and maybe aren't thinking about the what's going on. Because mm -hmm. my, my difficulty as an audience member is that I'm constantly thinking about behind the scenes. Yes. So even reading something, I'm thinking about the, the place that that person's writing in, the mindset, the, even the time of day of what they're doing. But more so in terms of watching tv or listening to podcasts stuff like that i am i'm seeing behind the scenes and i'm thinking about this thing maybe that's because that's something that i'm interested in but i'm always looking for the you know looking for the joins looking for stuff like that mm -hmm. imagining the difficulty of it um whereas so it's quite hard for me to envisage who that audience member is that would be reading something of mine watching something of mine who is just just enjoying it, just, just taking it in without going any deeper than the mm, surface level. Pure entertainment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I sometimes get caught up in that, thinking about, um, well, I guess one of the things that you, you have to step back and, and realise that maybe you've got more, you've always got more context in the audience. So are you seeing stuff that you're not actually showing? Mm -hmm. Is there stuff that's going on where, you know, sort of like, you're having a conversation in your head and then you start saying it out loud the person you're with goes what like i have no context and i sometimes worry that i've done that before where i've just assumed that someone's going to get what i'm conveying a bit mm -hmm. like conveying certain emotions through email or through text mm -hmm. where you're not using emojis and you go has that come across did, did people get that that was a joke or did that come across terribly yeah that's very true and in fact it was really useful um I asked my mum to read the first chapter before I wrote anything else, just to see if it grabbed her. And her feedback, well, she said, oh, it's got potential. Thanks, mum. Thanks very much. 
but she wanted to know much more about the world she's like well what what's the room like you know where's the furniture the physical tangible world she wanted to, she wanted to picture it she wanted to be able to see them moving around in her head and that had not occurred to me at all I was all there with the dialogue and yeah the emotion but what do you reckon Fortis? Have you um I've not read much um we would define it what you're trying to write at the moment crime thriller uh I think genre? yeah yeah something like that it's it's okay yeah I'm, I'm just I'm just asking um do you think irrespective of your mother giving that comment that feedback um is there I think there is a you know a, an sort of way of writing for this kind of you know novels and my question is uh from your experience and the feedback you receive do these things um can you reconcile those two or do you think so that's my question is it is it necessary though to have that sort of world building uh that uh, your reader is asking or do you want to stick with a kind of formula that's already in that genre mm, yeah now I've read much more crime um it's definitely a feature I'd say that whole rich context of the characters and their relationships and the towns they live in and what the houses are like yeah that's I mean I, I'm thinking of a few books now and I can bring images to mind from what I've read because they've been so um well described and um yeah, I don't know why that hadn't occurred to me, but it's like, okay, yeah, if I'm writing for this genre, then you really want to know that there is a narrow gap between the bed and the chest of drawers so that when she does get the guy on the floor and and goes to dislocate his shoulder, um, that there is room for her to twist around to do that. So I'm not saying I have practised that, but I have researched that, and that is a thing. <laughs> yes, I, th I think, I think uh, with this genre, because you really want to picture what's happening, mm -hmm. you need objects. So, uh, yeah, I think you need to know what's there to grab. You know, um, if there's a murder, why did this murder happen? Uh, how is the room? You know, uh, you know, facilitated this sort of uh, event. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, I see the point, but I I've not read widely. I've not read enough mm. to provide. A an opinion on this so that's why i asked yeah i would guess that the the setting in in crime is much more sets the mood it, uh there's, there's functionality to it because like you say objects might be used things might come into the action in a way that perhaps i'm thinking back to your first book karina mm. and that definitely captured a sense of time and place mm. of where this family was but in a very different way to i imagine the way that your mum is expecting with the crime book it's it's yes there's a feel for a place but you know i'm not i'm not concerned about what knives are in the kitchen mm. if, if this I don't know, I, i'm perhaps using some bad cliches here but that dastardly character can they get access to them are they gonna but i would assume in crime there's, there's more of that there's, there's more stakes within a setting than just um you know giving a feel for the time mm. and the place yeah definitely uh, it felt it feels different to write as well because before it was very much about mood and feeling and 
how the environment contributed to that, whereas this is how the people are physically moving in their environment. So, yeah, that's been a really interesting learning curve uh, for me um, from that feedback, yeah. So do, do you write for an audience? Do you, do you, uh, do you, um, you know, sculpt your writing? <laughs> <In a way>. <laughs> <laughs> to that, to fit that mold. Yeah. I, so this is something that I, I've been thinking about the audience and, and obviously my, my, uh, bigger focus is screenwriting is writing for TV, writing for film. So. There's an interesting, uh, I guess everything has to go through an editorial process in some way, but there's more of a direct line between the author and the audience, I would assume, of, of novels and stuff like that. Whereas um, with mine, I'm writing for people who are going to make it. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of the art taken away and a bit more of the science added in, of the, a bit more of the craft. And, and, how would you make this? Um, you still need to give it, uh, it still needs to be interesting, still needs to read well, still needs to be, but there's an economy to the script, you know, lots of white space is sort of encouraged and um, not a massive amount of just waffling action, not too much description, um, not too much parenthesis. There needs to be a freedom for the people who are going to make it to actually put something together. Um, and so there's there's that person who's going to be the arbiter, the, the sort of the person who then they will translate it into something else. But and when I say I, I'm sort of imagining one person, but actually what you're talking about is maybe it's a producer, and then you've got this the director and eventually an editor. You've got the cast, you've got the production design, you've got the cinematography, every, everything, all these different steps it's going to go through, and they're all going to read it and and try to capture the same thing but they're all going to have their own slight version of it so it's weird to think that that's not the actual watching audience mm. it's not the people who are watching it at home or whatever and um, you should always be writing to those people you wanting to make it interesting but there's this weird sort of part between where you, you you're trying to keep those people interested but you're also writing it as a as a working document as a tech, technical document in mm. some ways um so that's quite interesting actually thinking about the people who are sitting down to watch something that i've written is, is kind of terrifying and um, i used to do that sort of as, as my job earlier in my career was um doing forecasting for tv ratings and uh and that was a real weird thing because it's, it's based on a panel of sample that's supposed to represent the uk tv watching audience and to think that there's someone out there on that panel who represents you who's supposed to represent who you are and and the things that they watch which get recorded and, and you know tracked then it's supposed to say oh well that's the kind of thing that me I, I will be watching um so yeah to have that kind of physical be thinking about oh it's, it's young people watching and the surprising thing of looking at the ratings for a tv program and going oh what that's that's who's watching it that, that's not right mm. um yeah, yeah. So I think that that sort of the aspects of the actual physical audience is a bit weird to me. Mm. I suppose your your prime audience really is the people that you want to make 
your program then isn't it really apart not not so much the viewers they're like a secondary audience yeah which i i don't want to cheapen that relationship and reduce that relationship because essentially that is who you're writing for Mm. in the end but with the acceptance that it's quite a big gap between what you put on paper and what will be taken in by someone's eyes and ears and what about you, Fotis? Are you writing? Because you you you're going into. I mean, you've you've had things that you've wanted to work out, ideas, um, a philosophical stance, maybe. I mean, are you writing that for an audience in mind, or are you just writing it because that's what you have to say? Um, if if you take that the right way, <laughs> I mean, what what's been your prime your prime motivator in your mind? recently that says don't write if you want to say something uh, write if you have something to say <laughs> oh yeah that's that's a tough one <laughs> well um, blah blah blah, blah. It's, it's an interesting it's an interesting you know sometimes i always try to, to read back what i write and if i'm actually saying something or i'm just you know <laughs> writing things uh a blur as it were so to answer that question is who do I who do I write for? What is the audience? Um, you know, when we when we when I said you know what happens when you write a manuscript, how do you promote it? They asked you what is your uh, genre. You know, uh, that's why I I formed my question earlier as well mm. on on the genre aspect. So I would I would personally categorize it as literary fiction. Now that means it's for anyone that walks in a bookshop and goes into the fiction. <laughs> section if, if it gets you know if it gets out and goes to a bookshop if you walk there in m uh it's just within his car next to murakami <laughs> well, that's that's about you know yeah that's that's um daydream now anyway so but on the other hand um i do think not everyone will like what i'm going to write or going to be intrigued or inspired but what I'm trying to convey, because I do appreciate I'm I'm, um, I'm using uh, some personal experiences to talk about, for example, um, the Greeks moving away from Greece, for example, and what that does mean. So I'm trying to make it as universal as possible, the topic, so everyone who moves away from their home, essentially, uh might find something in it but i'm not sure you know this will all be answered in the end whether it comes out or not sorry about that noise uh whether the the answer comes out or not uh, about the philosophical stance comment yeah i think that informs a lot of uh, my writing uh, the way the characters behave you know they have a philosophical stance not necessarily something um not something in particular but it's it, when I, when I review the characters, I'm, I'm mostly trying to, um, I write without thinking too much, and then I'm trying to analyze them from a philosophical or psychological standpoint, and then I'm discovering whether they actually represent something or not. Um, instead of going into uh, the aspect of giving them a philosophical stance, if you like, so as not to control the narrative. Um, so in short, uh, I don't, write with someone in mind but i i know it's niche and i don't i know it's not going to be the because i know from the from the books that i read are for 
uh, yeah, it's of a different um, kind of uh, readership, if you like. That would be my answer. Mm. Are, are you happy being niche? I mean, did you did you set out writing this book thinking, yes, I'm going to write a bestseller, or was it more that you wanted to write something quite narrow and specific? My humility and uh, <laughs> and and lack of uh, you know. I don't know how to say it. I, I wouldn't say I, I said I'd write a best-selling uh, book. I know that um, I know that uh, I don't mind if it's not best-selling. What I'm what I'm more worried is about uh, telling the story in the right way and let it uh, take its own course. I, I know I'm not doing it for making a lot of money out of it because I I know that when people uh, write stories, you know there are certain ways that you can write stories that can be very appealing and they can uh, achieve a status of best-selling if you like if you have a good idea of course on top of it and if you are a good writer <laughs> some uh, prerequisites there um, but no i didn't I, I never thought about it like that i think it doesn't mind i don't mind if it's niche as long as it as long as in the end i'm happy with what i'm saying from from hmm. within the book if the story is is okay then that's what i'm able to write there's no point feeling bad about it and mm. i know and i know i'm going in a certain direction uh, which is uh, something that will or will not be popular i don't know but if, you, if i had to guess i would say no but let's let's keep something <laughs> for the future yes josh i uh, i i'm sort of i mean i i have said this before but i think the concepts that you're coming forward with for your book are fascinating and when you talk about niche I don't think what you're pitching is truly niche I think that I said I, I think I think in books that niche is a very different concept to some other platforms formats because I think there's there's truly niche which is maybe you know technical documentation for certain things legal guides stuff like that really specific you know I think what you're talking about is a, is a it's more specific, but it might not be the the Dan Browns and the J.K. Rowlings and stuff like that. But I think that I can also see it being something that really does have an audience, especially people who are interested in um, philosophical ideas and relating to the kind of the human journey, and then that 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 Greek experience and that and that movement mm -hmm. of people and migration through kind of bigger ideas and. and it's, it'll have a political element, even if that's not something that you're directly writing about. Um, I yeah, I definitely think there's an audience. I think the niche is, um, I think truly niche is, is is probably you'd only be doing that for certain certain things. But I think that what you'd be writing for, I, I think there's definitely an audience. I think there's, there's mm. people who'll be fascinated by that. I think it's the type of thing that would cause debate. Sometimes I worry about the things that I'm trying to do are too just um, super, superfluous and just, you know, what, what's that about? Like, which still has an audience and still has meaning, but, but yeah, sometimes trying to capture these bigger ideas. But I know there's an audience for that out there. And I, maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm that audience, maybe that's who it is, but I know there's other people. I listen to enough podcasts and read enough where I'm grabbed by stories, grabbed by spoken stories you know written stories that 
and looking at these bigger ideas. And, and I think now more than ever, people want that stuff. People want to be looking deeper at society and themselves and those sorts of concepts. Mm. So I don't think it's as niche. I don't think it's as broad as some other stuff. But yeah, I can see you being on front row. I can see John Wilson completely fumbling your name at least twice. <laughs> prior to an interview or like when you're nominated for an award. I can see that. Yeah. I look and forward I, to that. I, I hope that one day you do achieve having your name fundle, fumbled on a um, a national platform. I think I can't think of anything better for you. Um, that, I aspire that is to that for you. Honor. That's a badge of honour. Yeah. That yeah. is a wish I will carry with me. And, <laughs> and Tony Morrison did say, I think it's relevant to what we're discussing today, if there's a book you uh, you want to read but it's not written, you are the one to write it. So uh, in, in many ways, I am the, the audience of who I'm writing for, as self-serving or selfish this may sound. It did start like that in the first instance. I always felt, I don't see Greek authors translated in English. Um, and uh, as I said in the first instance, I, I try to understand why is that. And the what gets translated in English, as if though this is a seal, a seal of, you know, of approval or uh, of quality, um, it's it's a very specific way of dealing with certain uh, you know topics. Uh, uh, the ones similar to the ones I'm trying to, to mm. you know to, to research and write about. So I felt that there are elements there in the in our society in Greece which I have not you know that's what I'm trying to discover with writing that could be written uh, you know could be advertised in English. Advertised that that's not uh, the right word. Um, shared with a with an audience in english so uh and uh so yeah i felt like I, if i wanted to read this book then and it's not there maybe i i need to write it so yes so if you feel like that there must be an audience then because there must be other people that are also looking for this kind of insight into this aspect of the human condition and and you're writing about identity i mean it's about who are we and where do we belong if that isn't a universal, a potentially universal concept, then nothing much is. I think that's fascinating that that's something you, you want to read and you, you are going out to write it. And I think mm. that you say selfish, but no, I, I think that's more, more honourable because that's something real genuine where you're thinking, mm. this is something I want to explore, this is something I want to read about. Oh, it's not out there. So, or not necessarily out there in the way that you, you, you're thinking about it. I'm going to go and do that. I sometimes feel a little bit cheap that I'm not thinking about either a direct audience participant or thinking about this is exactly what I want to see. And I'm thinking about some TV executive and it's going to go, yeah, this is going to be what we want to put on screen. And I, and I sort of have to pull myself back and go, no, purely is this, is this. So, so the idea that I was exploring with a friend uh, a couple of weeks ago that I mentioned before, where I sort of like stumbled into um, pitching it to him and then we just started bouncing ideas off each other and we were both laughing and both in tears and I just thought, oh, that's really reassuring that, oh, there's someone who finds it funny and both of us and, and, and kind of thought that that's the pureness of the, the idea, even though it's completely stupid and goofy these two people who are in floods of tears about it 
that's the kind of purity of it and i need to not be thinking about those tv executives who are going to go um, I don't know, but who are just looking for the next, I don't know, reality TV format or something that's mm. going to sell or something like that. And think and hope that there's opportunities for things that are slightly more subversive um, to get out there. Mm. Well, the thing I've noticed about um, people that are in TV, um, sometimes to break in, you have to play the game, as it were, and uh, fingers crossed, with success comes a little bit of freedom to work on other ideas. So, um, I guess that's that's my comment on this. That you can always, I'm sure you will have time to work on on other ideas. I don't think it's, uh, but but I think it's normal that you are thinking at the moment from the executive's perspective and how can I get into the industry. It's interesting you say that because I I listened to an interview with a, a screenwriter a few years back. I'm ter terrible at remembering names, and so I will have to find out. And she was saying that in order to get into the industry, she basically wrote a hour and a half, a sort of 90 minute horror film with a single location, low budget, because she knew that there were a lot of different production companies, stuff like that, looking at these sorts of films that could be made within a certain time frame for a limited budget. Um, and she just purely wrote all that. And that was her way of breaking in. And it was like that was her and by doing that and, and taking a few other steps, she eventually was writing the passion project that mm. she wanted to make, which was so far away from that. But I just found that fascinating that she just knew because she'd been working in the industry in a sort of development role, I believe. And then she knew that that's what people wanted. And so she just went and wrote this mm. this document that fitted that, knowing that, yeah, someone's probably gonna pick this up because it fits ticks a lot of boxes. That's really interesting because um, I got some feedback from uh, the local theatre about uh, my play, my hat play, and they liked the story, but most of their feedback concentrated on transitions and settings. And he said, you know, if you can get this down to two locations, if you can think about how to bring those scenes together so that the transitions between the settings are really easy, it's much easier to stage. And I, I'd just been thinking of the story and the emotional journey for the audience. But I hadn't considered the practicalities. And I suppose like you, Josh, then my audience becomes the production company. I've got to sell it to them first before it gets anywhere near the general public. So um, that's no fault, because that's what those things demand mm. and screenplays. It's just sometimes it's a difficult thing to yeah. balance maybe in your head just holding the two things in your head at the same time and you might have to compromise one to achieve both. Yeah. So it's, it's a good challenge. I, I like it as a, as an exercise to think about how to make it work for as many people as possible. Yeah. I mean, why would we do this? Otherwise it is, I mean, part of me thinks a lot of the time, this is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Then we have talked about compulsion and addiction before, and there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when we talk about audience, we've, we've mentioned before about the idea of having followers and, and fans. And yes. Like How deeply uncomfortable that makes me. So I, I don't think I'd ever. Yeah, I think I need to just not not be thinking too directly about the person in the audience. I just need to be thinking. Yeah. Will people enjoy this? Will people be taken on a journey? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm, I am literally just writing for my mum. 
and I'm not thinking about whoever else might read this. If if she likes it, probably other people will like it. But otherwise, I think I'd go mad trying to to worry about it and think, well, is this right? Is this okay? Am I saying the right thing? As long as the crime monarchy likes it. Exactly. Yeah. If I may, can I read uh, a little uh, quick excerpt from uh, Louise Gluck, uh, Nobel Prize uh, acceptance speech for literature this year? Those of us who write books presumably wish to read many, but some poets do not see reading many in special terms as in the field auditorium. They see reading many temporally, sequentially, many over time into the future. But in some profound way, these readers always come singly, one by one. Hmm. That's really she nice. About, she was talking about uh, poets do something very private, and mm. in accepting this award, it's a very public thing, and how that classes in here, uh, you know, within here, I guess. Mm. Um, and what do you do with that class contradiction, if you like? Yeah. So, yeah. It made me think. I like the concept of your audience comes one by one mm. at any point. It's always and only ever one by one. That makes it easier to handle. I can do that. <laughs> I think I think the audience topic, I think we need to come back to it because I think that we haven't even discussed critics and industry people and people who completely misconstrue what you're trying to capture or find deeper symbolism that we haven't even got to. We haven't even thought about. We haven't. Didn't even occur to me. All right. To People be you might offend without meaning to. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued then. Looking forward Poli to it. Political correctness. Ooh, another yeah. topic. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> it's a plan. <laughs>